Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Never Dead Podcast. My name is Dylan Dust, and I will be your host today. This is the show where we talk about stuff, stuff like self-improvement, creative endeavors, and everything else in between. Today's episode is sponsored by Anchor, as well as Left Out Apparel, but we're going to get into that a little more as the show goes on. Today, we're going to be talking about being a signed and touring musician, some expectations versus reality when it comes to all of that, and maybe some advice for some up-and-coming artists or bands. And uh, today's guest pretty much fits that perfectly. Uh, He's a pretty cool dude. I've been following him on Instagram for quite a while. He's from the St. Louis music scene, which I was involved in for a hot minute. Uh, Maybe not quite as much as him, but I still had a lot of fun while I was there. Uh, He's uh, been a Victory Records artist. He's worked with the likes of Dan Marsala of Story of the Year and Caleb Shomo of formerly Attack Attack and currently Beartooth. He's the former bassist and vocalist of Tear Out the Heart and current bassist and vocalist of the band This Is Falling. It's Mr. Isaac Etter. Hey, man. How's it going? Thank you for uh, having me on your podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me as a guest. It's exciting to have you. Um, it's exciting to be here. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've we've had each other on Instagram for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Vaguely interacted, but never really got a chance to talk. And I'm really excited to kind of get into that today because... Um, you know, I, I kind of started following you from the uh, Tear Out the Heart days and especially, like I said, being involved in the St. Louis music scene. And, um, you know, when you get involved, you kind of start following everyone. And um, so I've just been kind of creeping for a while. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So nothing wrong with a little creeping. But um, today's today's going to be a good chance to actually kind of catch up, get to know each other and uh, perhaps form a friendship. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Yeah, we'll have to see I'm just about kidding. That. We, we probably will. We're, we're already making friends. Uh, yeah. For, <laughs> for those of you um, listening to this thinking like, wow, they've really got it together. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we've been trying to set up this uh, podcast for like the last hour and a half. And so we've just been drinking beers, kind of like getting to know each other outside of the podcast. Um, it's currently... Yes. Uh, unfortunately, my computer was made in the year 2010 and doesn't support the podcasting app that uh, Dylan uses. So uh, we had to find some workarounds, but we got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah, we got it going. It's it's like 1215, um, like midnight 15 for those of you that are listening, probably at some point during the day. But uh, we're doing this damn thing and we got it rolling now. So tell me about yourself. Uh, what do you do? Where are you from? Whatever else you want to tell me about, tell me about who Isaac Etter is. Um, well, my name is Isaac Etter. As you mentioned, I was in the band Tear Out the Heart, and I'm currently in the band This Is Falling. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I am the manager at Marcus O'Fallon Movie Theater. Um, I Hello. have a son and a fiance, and that uh, raising a kid takes up most of my day, and it's the best thing. Uh, yeah. Besides that, oh, you asked me where I was from. Uh, I grew up in Trenton, Illinois, which is a tiny town in Illinois, about 40 minutes away from St. Louis, something like that. And uh, yeah, besides that, I just like make music. And I don't know. And you live That's life. A- <laughs> I'm living life. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And uh, I see you posting pictures with your family. And I got to say... Your kid's adorable. Um, Thank your you. Your wife, or your, not wife, Soon quite to be yet. Wife. Yeah. Soon to be wife. She's beautiful. Uh, you guys are a great looking family. Hey, so. man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the second space test coming through now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries about that. I mean, I'm here with my blue moon, so yes. I'll cheers. <laughs> I always kind of jut in with my similarities in my life um, whenever I talk with people on the podcast. And I can relate with that because I grew up in a small town in Kansas, uh, about an hour outside of our big city. And I'm air quoting for those of you who are listening <laughs> on audio because uh, Wichita, Kansas is... Eh, 400,000 people. So it's a big city, but it's nothing like, I don't know, St. Louis, especially like Chicago or Dallas or anything like that. So I will say uh, driving through Kansas uh, is the most boring thing on the planet. Dude, it is the flattest. (laughs) No offense to anybody from Kansas, but it is so flat. And the toll roads are, yeah. No, yeah, no offense taken. Western Kansas is a wasteland so (laughs) yeah the most um, boring drives it's just like nothing you can't even look out the window it's just farmland for miles just like god the sky is always gray i mean like the two times i've driven through it i'm sorry i don't have a beef against kansas if you just want to fucking leave the podcast you can just make your way out i didn't know you were from (laughs) kansas man i don't know if i can do this yeah, <laughs> no worries, man. I'm uh, I'm in Texas now, and I tried to escape to Missouri for a while. So you know, I did my best to get out of there while I could. But <laughs> Texas is nice. Uh, our Texas drummer, is this south. is falling. Yeah, it, it, it is south. <laughs> our drummer actually lives in Texas right now, and then he comes up whenever we have shows or do videos and stuff. Oh no way! Yeah, cool. Uh, what part of Texas is he living? You know, you just put me on the spot. And oh, I can't remember. Bad bandmate. <laughs> I'll text him right now. I'll ask him where he is. And then later throughout the show, I'll let you know. When did you move to St. Louis? And um, kind of how did you start getting involved in the St. Louis music scene? Uh, Well, I never. Well, I did live in St. Louis for a little bit, but I've always I live in O'Fallon, Illinois right now. Oh, okay. So I've always kind of just driven all the venues and stuff and all the bands are in st louis so i would just always drive out there but i guess the way that like are you asking like how i got involved in the in the music scene like that type of thing yeah i mean i guess that's kind of what i was uh wondering because i i guess i assumed that you were in sort of the st louis area like close into the city now but um yeah how did you get involved with the music scene well it's a long story but uh so when I was like 15, uh, I started just recording my own like acoustic songs in high school and I would like make the artwork for the disc and like print out the labels on my printer. This is back when people listened to CDs. So, uh, and I would distribute that through my high school and all that stuff. And this dude named Justin Tabbitt was in this band called Jenna and he was like, it was like a screamo band. It wasn't really metalcore or anything. Yeah. Um, and he was like the singer and the screamer of this band. And I guess he didn't want to sing anymore. And he heard my stuff and was like, hey, this kid can sing. Why don't we put him in the band? And then through that band, we started another band and called Good Through Friday, which was like a pop band, like a pop rock band. And we opened for uh, Nine Life Fire, which was Mikey, who is the screamer of This Is Falling, uh, yeah. the front man of that band. That was his old band and they were pretty big in the scene. And based off of us, uh, opening for them he wanted to start a band with us after that band didn't work out and then that's kind of when i got more into the like st louis like we always played in st louis and those other bands but that was more when we became more of like a like this is falling was more of a st louis 
type band. And then from there, I met uh, like Tyler and Josh and Novella, and then that's how I got connected with those guys who eventually started Tear Out the Heart and that sort of thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was... I was going to say there's a couple of dots that I need to connect because I kind of understand your history and I kind of understand the history of This Is Falling and Tear Out the Heart, but um, uh, forgive me if I'm incorrect here, but uh, This Is Falling was a band from even before all that stuff. That was one of your original bands that you were part of, correct? And y'all have now reunited? Yeah, that was like the first like metalcore. I, I, I mean... If you can call like uh, our old stuff metalcore, I, I don't really know. Like it was, you know, it's like we space. came as it was like we came as Romans ish kind of back in the day. Yeah, if you call that, yeah. So it, it's pretty complicated, but the the simple thing is, um, this is falling. Was like we would record and record and record, and like we hardly put anything out, and we weren't really playing shows and that type of thing and tear out the heart i guess they parted ways with their old singer or their um their singer and their bassist and they hit me up to fill in for them for a bit and then that kind of caused like a lot of tension and this is falling and then after like a few fights and stuff i just kind of left and then i started doing which i i you know those dudes were like my best friends so yeah. In retrospect, I was probably being an asshole in that situation. But uh, yeah, I, I quit This Is Falling, and then that band kind of just disbanded for a long time. And I joined Tear Out the Heart. But uh, the way, the reason we got back together is because Joe Nobby, I don't know if you know him. Uh, uh, he no, used to put on like uh, Naboozle, which was like a local band festival, and he would even get uh, national acts like uh, Burden of a Day and like people like that would play it. And uh, he was putting on a show for Naboozle like uh, 2019, and we just all of us just separately were like, hey, we should get back together in like his uh, Facebook post. And then we like just talked about it, and we were like, yeah, let's do it. Why not? We haven't done this in forever. And then from there, just like us jamming together, we were like, we should do an EP. Like, why not? Let's write some new stuff. And uh, I had a bunch of like old riffs and stuff that I never thought I was ever going to get to use again. And I was like, yes, I've always wanted to use these riffs. So we put those into new songs. And uh, from there, we released an EP last year, which was the worst year ever to release new music. Nobody was ever nobody was doing anything. Yep. And from there, we were like, let's just keep going. So now we're in the process of doing a full length album. Hell just yeah. Because we've, ne- us, This Is Falling has never done that. So that's just something that we've kind of wanted to tick off uh, our bucket list for a long time. So, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's so So it sick. started as kind of a crappy situation where, like, like, none of us were really, like, talking and stuff just from going back to like being best friends and stuff has been really awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's been awesome, especially kind of having stuff left on the table kind of in a way. And, um, I, I, again, I always kind of relate with the people I talk to on the show. So I have past bands and we always joke about reuniting, but we never actually do it. So the fact that you guys actually did it is so fucking awesome. And I think it's great because your music is sounding I think we're all just kind of like, we're all like in our thirties now at this point. 
we just you know it's just something that you want to do like i was in another band before that and then we weren't really doing anything and it was just kind of like it's just something fun to do at a certain point because we're all musicians and that's just always going to be part of something that you want to do even if it's yeah you don't have any like serious dreams of like you know like i'm gonna make it like that's like that's super that's like kid stuff in my opinion it's just like me making music with your best friends is just one of the best feelings in the entire world so if we can do that for as long as we can and why not do it absolutely yeah i think i think you have a good mindset about that and you know to be honest most successful bands anyway are ones that go somewhere and actually take it somewhere are the ones who start out doing it for fun with their friends anyway so not that that's your intentional goal right now anyway but having that kind of mindset is in a way also setting you up for potential success so even if you're not looking for that i think the people who go looking for that most kind of set themselves up for failure and i've experienced this and i've seen it happen to other people yeah like that's a big thing if if you're doing music just to make it and you think that that's gonna be like your entire life and you're never gonna have to worry about that stuff that's just that's very unrealistic i'm sorry for any aspiring musicians but i went through that phase dude yeah oh yeah i did too i think every musician does where you just kind of yep i mean honestly that's like half the reason why i joined tear out the heart because i thought that they were like they were like in the mindset to get signed and like do that and at the time like i had dropped out of college like i was just like i'm not I don't know what my future is like all I really like doing is making music so like this seems like a good avenue and like oh this is gonna be like my ticket to that thing and then you know in my case it didn't it didn't work and maybe it was because of the the wrong intentions we all I I have no idea but you know if you don't go into it with the passion it's it's just I I don't see a point Yep, that's uh, that's something I've experienced with any kind of uh, creative endeavor that I get involved in is if it's rooted in some sort of external um, reward that you're seeking, it's not going to work out. It has to be something that's genuine and something that you truly do have that passion and drive for. Otherwise, it's going to become work. It's not going to be, you know, second nature to you. Like, even yeah. if it is a passion, it's still work, but it's work that you love doing as opposed to work that you dread doing. Oh, so. yeah anything anything that's worth doing is work mm-hmm. but if you're passionate for it, it doesn't feel like work that's the most important thing yep absolutely and you know it's all just kind of having your ducks in a row and having the right mindset about things and yeah i think just being especially young and naive and new to the world and especially kind of in the in that sort of early 2010s era um, being involved in the music that you were involved in and me to a lesser degree, there were bands that were popping off that were made up of kids that were even oh, under yeah. 18 at times. Like, I mean, uh, the attack attack guys like Caleb Shomo, he Caleb wasn't was four. I think he was 14 <laughs> when I think so. Their first record came out, which is insane. Like the dudes mm-hmm. in like icy stars. I'm pretty sure they were like 18 when they got signed. Like it seemed yep. like when we got signed in tear out the heart, I was like 23 and I felt like an old person. Like it was just <laughs> yeah. like, 
this is a young man's game. Like, Dude, I don't Trevor know. Wentworth of our last night was in like middle school, I think. Yeah, he was 15, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he dri- – I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was in high school when they got signed. So, so I mean, just talking about that, I'm just saying it wasn't out of the question for that to happen at that time, especially in like the metal core oh, space. Yeah. And so I think it's easy to fall into that trap at that time. But – it's not realistic, like you were saying. So, like, it's something that you should absolutely strive for if you're passionate about, but kind of have yeah. a backup plan at the same time, you know? Well, it's like you can put your whole heart and soul into something, but you also have to understand that it might not work. Like, yeah. and that's very easier said than done because you can't tell somebody who's like on, like, all they can see is that path that it might not work out. Like, it yeah. took me a few years to realize, like, it was like, this is not, like, the the path. Like, this is not the road to what is important. So let's put this on the path of the beginnings of Tear Out the Heart and you joining and the band getting signed. This is something I've always been kind of curious about. It seemed like Tear Out the Heart didn't have that much out in the world as far as recordings, songs, um, like maybe just an EP. And they got signed to Victory Records and that happened after you joined the band? Yeah. So before I joined the band, they had put out one EP. And uh, then after like I joined, we wrote a few, we wrote like a four song EP with Matt Amalong. Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, rest in peace, by the way. Yeah, that dude was awesome. I got uh, to record one song with him, and oh, nice! His studio, yeah, encapsulated. Legendary, yeah, yeah, encapsulated is awesome. Yeah, uh, but so we recorded that EP, and we just decided to. We were playing like a few shows. We did a few battle of the bands, and like at like midnight and we were like losing them. Like it was a really bad place. We were all super like down about it. And, uh, I guess Tyler had a contact, uh, at victory. And he was like, you guys should, you know, come up and showcase. Cause I guess he liked the EP or whatever. Hmm. And we had already planned on, we were just going to follow like the mayhem tour and pass out like our new EP and stuff. Oh, and like I guess they physically thought, follow. Yeah. Yeah, like physically, wow. we we followed a few dates and we like either like passed out or sold them for like a buck or something, you know, just for gas money or whatever. Yeah. And I guess they really were really impressed that like a band in that age, because that's some like old school shit where it's just like, let's yeah. just get on the road and, you know, like bring our music to everyone or something. It's worked before. Yeah. So I guess they were just impressed with that. So they agreed to showcase for it. And then... um we showcased in this tiny venue and it was the most awkward show of all time. We had to play three songs in front of Tony, the owner of victory and like everybody there. And I just remember like turning around and seeing all them and just being like, Oh, this is, this is super awkward, but I guess we did good. Cause they emailed us like the next day and they're like, Hey, let's sign up a, or let's drop a contract or whatever. So, and that was in the span of six months as far as I was in the band. So like from me joining to us getting signed was like 
February to August or something like that, or February to the end of July. So yeah, that I went from like, uh, like nothing's ever going to happen to holy shit. Like, yeah, that's I'm an assigned band. Yeah. (laughs) So absurd that that happened so fast. It was very quick. Yeah. It's that's probably why it felt like it just came out of nowhere. But I mean, I guess like Tyler and Josh had been working on this band for like, I don't know, like a year before they even released anything. So for them, it was a lot longer. But for me, I was just like, hey, I joined. Uh, Let's play a few shows. Hey, let's play for this record label. Oh, we got a we got a record contract. (laughs) Everything's everything's working out. Yeah. So that's so funny. Wow. Okay. well, I've always known I've heard from people around the scene. I've never really met Tyler, but. I've always been told that he's kind of a hustler and kind of someone who's always been with the scene. So I'm kind of not surprised to hear that he had like a good contact and that, you know, yeah, he was I mean, kind of hustling. His, his old band, Novella, I don't know. They were they played Warped, like, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't play like the whole tour. They played like a few. Uh, I'm pretty sure they played more than one show. Yeah. I mean, don't quote me. If I get any of this wrong, Tyler or Josh, I apologize if you ever <laughs> listen to this. Uh, I, I know they played more than one show at, at Warped before. I think so. that's what I had heard. So yeah, and they were a band for a long time. Like yeah, like when I was in Jenna, they were a band, and that was like 2008, something like that. So wow. yeah, they were they were pretty established in the local scene for a while because I knew about that band since yeah, yeah. around two, 2007, 2008. Yeah, Novella still gets talked about a lot. Even even like today, I I hear like some of my old St. Louis people when I talk about music and we start reminiscing or whatever, they'll mention that band and <laughs> and just yeah. So like, I mean, they, they had some staying power and like I said, um, you know, Tyler's a hustler. Hustler, um, Josh, I'm sure is too. So especially considering he's still with tear out the heart trying to kind of do that thing but again we don't really know to my happened. knowledge i i like i said the last time i well like i said in our in our pre-thing i i the last time that i heard anything about tear out the heart was like a month before they released something uh josh showed me the song and there were like a few other demos and they were they were super a lot heavier than anything that we did and i was like yeah that's cool man and then they released one song and then i think i asked him about it like maybe a year ago like when he was just like texting me like hey what's up man i was like hey what's going on i think it was after this is falling released uh one of our songs last year Mm. and then i asked him like hey how's tear out the heart doing and then he just never said anything so i don't i don't know so i i don't know what's going on with them right now yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm it, assuming nothing. If if that was the response to that, so yeah, it seems like the band's kind of gone MIA. Which I mean, for years now, we've kind of seen you know member shifts and things like that. Um, might get into that a little bit. Uh, moral of the story is, um, especially right after you joined, the band kind of just took off running and got signed and jumped right into it so um i guess just uh for like one thing i want to know is um are you yourself still on any kind of obligations to victory records not to my knowledge i literally haven't heard anything from them 
Well, Victory Records doesn't even exist anymore. They got bought by another record company. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I know I did get like a tiny royalty check a month ago from <laughs> Spotify or something. Yeah. Not that the only, uh, the only royalty checks I've ever gotten are very small because uh, Spotify and streaming services do not like to pay artists. That is a big thing with me. That is not cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of fucked up. I still listen to Spotify though. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I got Apple Music. It's all. It's all. Uh... Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. To my knowledge, I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. So. Okay. And I haven't been a Victory artist since 2015. So I have no idea. Yeah. Um. So that kind of leads me Which into the question. I, I don't. I don't feel like asking either. I don't want to be like, hey, do I? I would just, Am I still on the? Yeah, I'm pretty sure as soon as I quit, I was. If you laid had, it to rest already, then I would just leave it to rest. Yes, let's not even bring it up. Oh, <laughs> okay. well, I was gonna say I was gonna ask you what was your experience with the label? Like, how did you feel about them? Uh, how did you know, it affect I, the band? I've heard a lot of horror stories about Victory. Me too. And my experience, for the most part, was fair. Was pretty positive. Like, okay. I I won't say it's perfect because there was one thing that happened that was pretty messed up in my opinion. But and I'm not going to ask you every little detail. You don't have to. Oh no, that, you're fine. But, but um, like I don't know. They were always pretty supportive of everything that we did in that band, and there wasn't much pushback of like ideas or like there were like two things that like weren't the coolest one was just like there was like a whole year where we like from like the release of our album till like our first tour was like nine months or something and we were just trying to work with them to like get on a tour and it just never i don't know like for whatever reason we spent like our whole first summer as like a signed band with an album not touring which is that's just not cool yeah they kind of then the sex shelved you yeah and then the second one was just like uh during the recording of our second album we got into a pretty big fight i was gonna ask and about victory that found out about it and we uh were on warp tour at that time and because of that fight somehow they found out about it and because of that fight they said that we were not ready for that and then put another band on there which was pretty much the nail in the coffin for that lineup of the band because that Dude. like you can't do that to like Bands have fights, like I don't know. Yeah, that seems so, odd that they would want to like be your like fucking daddy about it and be like, "You can settle down," you know? Yeah, because it's just like I don't know. Like you, th- you th- would think like after dealing with bands for that long, you would know that bands get, especially when you're recording an album and everybody has an ego and an opinion and that sort of thing that tensions are going to flare. Yeah. But I don't know. They they chose to do that and yeah, that was Okay. It is what it is at this point. Like everything's let's, cool now, but at the time, yeah. Let's rewind just a second there. Um cuz okay. from my understanding, again, I'm still kind of trying to put the pieces together and make sure I have everything right. Um from what I understood was that Y'all got accepted on to Warp Tour 2014, correct? And that, that was the correct. Warp Tour you're talking about. And mm-hmm. from what I thought happened 
was that you got put on the tour and then there was an unknown reason why y'all did not go on to the tour. So yeah. did you play any dates of Warp Tour 2014? We did not, no. Um, trying to remember the band that replaced us. Uh, I've probably blocked it out of my mind because I was just oh, so be, mad at that I would point. be pissed. That's like a lifelong yeah. dream, especially like in Oh, that that's every that's every musician's dream as far as... Uh, like seeing you know like our genre especially was to be on or like if you're pop punk or anything like that of course you want to play the warp tour i mean that's yeah yeah i remember buying those like warp tour compilations at target that had five bucks and had like 40 songs on there and when i was like 14 and just being like oh that'd be so cool and then Yeah. yeah damn dude um okay so that was that was something else i was gonna get into is i understand uh, you know, the band had a really good time recording with um, Caleb Shoma of Beartooth for that first album, uh, Violence. And yeah. at that point, everything was good, right? Yeah, I mean, there were still those little fights that every band has sure. where, like, you know, everybody's got an idea. Everybody's young and they have their own, like... And like, Dude, we were a band where everybody kind of like the last two notes of a riff or something like they should go up. No, they should go down, you know, just yeah, or just like a breakdown, like in metalcore, like each like uh, changing one note in a breakdown just will be like, oh no, that breakdown sounds like this, this breakdown sounds like that, or he sounds like this, yeah, band, you know, like that type of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there were always little spats and stuff, and but it was everything was good, we were on the it was the first full-length record that any of us had ever done and it was just like we were having the time of our life we were getting well we weren't really getting paid but a record company was paying somebody to make a an album for us like that's that's the dream like yeah that's we get respect. professional level recordings and we don't have to pay for it and they're gonna distribute it fuck yeah like of course so yeah everything yeah. was good then Cool. Well, and um, I was going to ask too, like, what was it like working with uh, Caleb Shomo? Is he a pretty cool guy? That dude is awesome. He is, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, he'll just pick up a guitar or something and play the ugliest, nastiest riff you've ever heard. (laughs) That, and you're just like, fuck, that's amazing. Uh, There's one breakdown um, on the first uh, Toth EP. That, or not Tothy P, Toth album that he wrote and it's in the song Violence. It's the one that ends, if anybody wants to check it out, it's just like, bam, 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 bam. I won't act it out because it's not going to do it justice. <laughs> it's just like he like Dude, played it and we were just like, <laughs> we were just like, fuck, like, ugh. And then like, you know, we put our own little thing on it, but we were like, you want us to do that? Okay, that's a left turn. And it was just the ugliest thing you'd ever heard. And I don't know, like he's just, the way that his like, brain works it's just like yeah if he if he says to do something you don't question it it's just like especially working on choruses and stuff with him or you just be like oh just do it this way and like because like some producers that i've worked with they'll make me they'll make you sing a, a line until it's like perfect yep or something just and then you're not even in you're not even in the right mindset you're just like trying to nail a note instead of just feeling what's coming out Exactly. And then Caleb's whole thing was just like, like, look, we can, we can always, if you're off key, 
we can always just fix it a little bit. What I'm looking yeah. for is the emotion, the rawness. And then that's kind of just the way that I've ever thought about vocal sense was just like, yeah, like you can always, like, you do that with, you do that with guitar tracks. If you fuck up, you, you just like, you know, you can always edit it or punch in or something. So it's yeah. just like, as long as we get that, that thing that people are going to react to, that is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cause like, if you if you're just like singing especially if you're just trying to nail the notes you can hear that on a record because that's how i used to sing it was just like yep i'm hitting every note and it was just like okay like you don't feel anything there i'd rather fuck up singing and be like oh i felt what that guy was i yep. i understand what that guy's going through there so it starts yeah, coming I don't from know. your head instead just, of your just heart. his whole philosophy that's how I yeah describe it. his whole philosophy is just I don't know. It, it was it was really cool to work with him. That's awesome, dude. And yeah, uh, again, me kind of uh, connecting with you and kind of putting you know my thoughts into something similar. Um, Matt from Encapsulated, I think, has that similar kind of mindset. I'm not going to say he's exactly like Caleb Shoma, obviously, but whenever I was working with him, it was the same kind of idea. He would give me an idea, you know, tell me to yeah. give it my all. And I'm I'm not like a perfect pitch singer. He would he would tweak it a little bit, but it's the same either, idea. Man. Like, you know, hit it with passion, and you know that's all that matters. And from that's there, like always the most. In you're not gonna I sound like, like T Pain at the end of it. Like, it, just a little tweak is not gonna make you into fucking like a no, robot like, like with auto tune. One of my favorite one of my favorite bands is the Smashing Pumpkins, and Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan. is not a good singer. He sounds like a Tom DeLonge from Blink. Dude. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, they are. Not, but you feel every fucking thing that those dudes feel, and that is so much more important than somebody who is just going through the motions. And I don't know. Yeah, so true. Who did you record "Dead Everywhere" with? What? Where did you record that one at? So, um, violence was at Nick Ingram's who is an awesome producer. He did another EP with, um, my band after child, the heart called rebel, which was just, it was more just like straight rock. It wasn't anything heavy or anything. I remember seeing um, that. Yeah. He's an, he's an amazing producer. Um, but Caleb could only be with us for like, I don't know, like 10, 14 days for that one. So that was like really intensive. Dead everywhere was completely with Caleb. So we were sleeping in his basement. We were at his house 24 seven. So okay. yeah, that whole second one was Caleb. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've always been curious about that. Cause I, I had heard that the first one was with him, but I didn't know if the second one was as well mm -hmm. or with someone else. So yeah, the second one's all Caleb. What kind of went awry with the band and what kind of caused the stir, um, I guess there's just a lot of unanswered questions, especially for people sort of involved in the St. Louis scene. Like we all kind of know that the band slowly started piecing apart and going different ways. And we kind of heard around the wayside that there was arguments within the band or maybe people were not getting along. Kind of tell me what happened during that second album and maybe what caused the whole Warped Tour thing to fall apart and what caused the band to start piecing apart. Yeah, so I just think what happened with that second record was we all had 
ideas of what to do with it. And I don't think any of them really gelled. Like, I was kind of in the mindset that if we were going to be bigger, expand our audience, we needed at least like one or two songs that were radio friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, not saying that you had to sacrifice anything heavy, because clearly, like, Slipknot or like Old Lincoln Park could get on the radio. But it just had to be accessible enough that it could reach a wider audience than just your your metal your base metalcore audience. Sure. So that was kind of my mindset. So like writing every chorus or something on that record, I was just like, I need to make this catchy as shit because this needs to be like beyond what we're doing. And uh, I know some of us were in that mindset. Some of us wanted it to be like heavier. I know Josh always pushed for us to be heavier, which is evident because, uh, dude, the new tear out the heart stuff is <laughs> yeah, just heavy smackers, way heavier than anything we ever did. Yeah, but it all just kind of like I don't know. We were all just bickering all the time, and me, me and Tyler were butting heads a lot. And then it just came down to like there was just a fight with between me and Tyler, and then the rest of the band got involved. And it just got kind of ugly, and like the next day, we were all just kind of like whatever, and like we didn't really know what to do. And I, I don't, I still don't really know how like management found out about it, and uh, Victory found out about it. But that was the that was the fight that uh, caused Victory to be like, well, you guys just aren't ready. And it was their idea for. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was their idea that we needed a record to promote for Warp Tour, which was the whole reason why we were already doing a second record. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what led to it. It it was just a fight because of a lot of little things that just led, it just bubbled up, and then they all just came to the surface, and it's just, that's what happens when you're, like, basically living with, like, four other people that might have different opinions than you and stuff, and, like, and at that point, there's so much pressure on you because you have that warp tour. You want this to be like the best thing you can be. And if you have a different opinion than somebody and you think you're right, well, that's going to be that's just a recipe for disaster. Like I, if, if you're in that point, and I think we all kind of got to that point where like if somebody else has a different opinion and you just think that it's wrong you know, like you just start voicing it and stuff and then that leads to heated arguments so yeah yeah it just it just got to a breaking point and then it just kind of i don't know it ex- it exploded and then things just uh kind of went downhill from there so okay and you can you can always look back on it and just think like oh well if only like this person would have done this or like if i would have said this at this point like none of this would have happened but it's just like it was gonna happen yeah like, with that amount of if there was that much tension in a band like eventually i'm almost kind of grateful that it happened then and not like on warp tour or something yeah because that could have been a like really embarrassing <laughs> yeah so, for real. i i don't know like with with a lot of time and distance, you just think about like the things that are like, you know what? It's fine that that happened. Like, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have a. I probably I would definitely wouldn't have the child that I have now yeah. if that would have happened. Like, my life would not be the way that it is right now. And 
I wouldn't trade the way things are now for the world. So in a weird way, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's like my like 20 year old dreams of being like on warp tour and stuff. Those are gone forever. But what I got now is so much better that I don't even, I don't know at this point, I don't care. And I hope nobody in that band cares that I'm like talking about this stuff because we've all like, there was, there was a long period of time where we like, I was still cool with, uh, Matt Murphy, the guitarist, and I still am cool with him, and Matt Epstein, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, we would talk all the time, and I'd still text Josh from time to time, but I, I didn't have much contact with Tyler for a long time. But whenever we played that TIFF show, uh, Novella also played that. Uh, sorry, I said TIFF. Uh, this is Falling uh, reunion show. Novella also played that, and like he bought me a beer, and we talked, and it was just like, yeah. Everything's cool now. We're all adults. So, you know, I was going to say, that's why I feel okay. Kind of asking these questions now, uh, just cause I assume, oh, yeah. I assume things have kind of fallen away and with anything in life, you're not going to like hate each other forever for some arguments you had about musical differences at some point in, you know, time. So no, we were all, we were all in our early to mid twenties and everybody had yeah. an ego and everybody is just, you gotta let that shit go. Like you can't sure. hold on. I I think we all held on to like hatred of like things or like people and stuff. And it was just like that's just so unhealthy. Like you just can't think about the good times that you had. Don't worry about the bullshit that went down. Like absolutely. Even with a fight in this, even with a fight in the studio, it's like outside forces also were at play that you had absolutely no control over so it's just like whatever things happen for a reason so it doesn't you can't like pin that on like each other like that's just i don't know sure i think you have a really good mindset about that and it's so true because it's taken me a while to get there i'm sure (laughs) believe me it took it took a few years but yeah after a while it was just yeah yeah there's no point i'm sure it's taken some time but really looking back at it you accomplished so much together um the albums are awesome uh your music videos are ridiculous like um that is one good thing i forgot to bring up about victory is they have a they had an in-house video uh production unit and they always had amazing ideas and they spent i don't know how much money on those videos we didn't have to pay for it, so that was another good thing about being on Victory that I have no complaints about. So I was gonna say, feel real. His, that that music video is super cool. That one, that one, or Dead by Dawn are probably my favorite too, because Dead by Dawn is just weird and like a lot of random shots of yeah. stuff, and which is I, I like that type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, we blew up a van and the. And I was gonna <laughs> ask about that. Was that a real Dead life explosion? Well. It didn't actually. It wasn't like dynamite or anything. Yeah. It was, it was just propane tanks that they lit on fire in a shitty old van that they bought. But we still lit the fuse and walked away. I was gonna say you so got to do the cool. We guys still don't felt the. We still thing. felt the. Yeah, it's so stupid. That's so sick. But it, it, yeah, yeah, we still felt. I still remember feeling the like from behind and being like, oh fuck, I can't act like I'm freaked out because <laughs> someone's filming me. But yeah. Yeah, dude. That was... There's a funny story about uh, Tyler having to drop the flare like five times because it couldn't. Oh, he just kept missing the like line of the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you'd have <laughs> to be pretty precise. Mad at each other. Yeah. 
See, and we did that after we lost Warp Tour and stuff too. Like, um, me, Matt, me and the two Matts, uh, mm. we tried for like a year afterwards, and we just realized it was just like I don't think. I think the lightning in the bottle is kind of gone. Like, it's just like, yeah. I think that was our shot to like, it's going to take years and years and none of us were really happy at that point. So it was just kind of like, I don't know. It's just, there just wasn't really a point to do it anymore because I didn't want to, I didn't want to like be mad at anybody anymore. I didn't want to. And we were also working on the rebel music at the time. Yeah. And that was just kind of more speaking to me. Like, just doing more of a rock thing that we had all all control over and that so yeah and you did rebel with a couple yeah. of the other tear out the heart guys right yeah we did a uh josh helped he helped on the first album there's even a song that he wrote for tear out the heart called no hell like home that was deemed to like i don't know like electronic or something mm -hmm. and he wanted to use it and we we're like yeah let's use it for that and uh matt murphy and matt epstein uh were the other two members of that band cool and uh yeah we did two eps and they were a good time so but then that just kind of like faded away like matt's got two kids yeah uh matt murphy's got two kids and a wife and everything and it's just like you know sometimes it just kind of slips away and we just you know we just kind of stop making music and that's when the uh that's when the this is falling stuff started happening again so i was like okay yeah it's it's so wild. everything kind of works out in a weird way yeah i was gonna say it's so wild how that all lined up for you guys and um it, just like the way that you know tear out the heart fell apart you kind of had your years where you were trying to put the pieces together and kind of decide where you were at mentally and what kind of music you want to make and where the other guys stood and that too kind of fell away and then just when you least expected it you ended up reuniting with an old band and having fun and making new stuff yeah, that, that you're just enjoying that, yeah i think that totally was just out of nowhere it was just like a random facebook post that joe nobby said about like hey i'm thinking of doing this music festival what bands could it be and uh i don't remember if it was me or mikey I was probably Mikey who said like, oh, this is falling well. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then everybody just chimed in and then we just got in a group chat and we were like, hey, let's do it. Man, and we started hanging out and I apologized because I felt bad since I quit. This is falling, honestly, because those dudes were my best friends. And yeah, I remember just that first night we just listened to some old demos that I had done just to get us pumped about uh, like playing together again. And I just remember I apologized to every single one of them because I was just like, I'm really sorry for like how I know with that we weren't really doing anything, but I still left in kind of a shitty way. And I we fought and stuff. And I don't know, I'd felt bad for shit. That was like seven years at that point. Yeah. So, Jeez. yeah. And then we aired out all our dirty laundry that night and we're like, let's just fucking forget about it. And let's just play a fun show. And that's what it's about. From there, like we released a song and then we were like we should do an ep and then from there another album came and that we're working on right now so Fuck yeah. yeah we're all really close again so it's awesome dude that's what's up um i want to ask you a couple of questions about this is falling um but first i want to go ahead and hold on just one second yeah do you have to do an ad because i have to pee uh, really dude <laughs> 
I might leave this in the show because I straight okay. up was going to be like, let me read the sponsors. And I was going to be I've like, been holding okay, this for dude, like 10 minutes, go which is probably, that's probably why I've been talking so like, <laughs> like calm because I'm just like, okay. if I raise my voice at all, I might pee my pants. So Yeah, let's do that. You want to take a pee break real quick? Okay. Let's take a pee break. High five. <laughs> all right, I'll be back. All right, let's do that. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. He's not back from his pee break, but I am. I hope everybody's doing good out there. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, that was an excellent pee. How about you? Oh, life changing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, As in, I had to pee and I no longer have to pee, so my life is slightly different. My life is also slightly different, so. <laughs> God, this this podcast is just kind of been off the rails, but kind of in the best way. I'm having a lot of fun talking, so. Yeah, I, I don't know if any of this is good or usable. I'm sorry, man. I feel like I've been rambling, so... No, it's okay. Like I said, I, I have been too, and there, like, this is definitely going to go over an hour. This might be a little bit of a longer one, but I've had a lot of questions, and um, yeah, we both had a couple oh, beers. Oh, it's, it's fine. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, let me... Uh, let me go ahead and read off some sponsors real quick, and then we'll get into some more questions. Okay. So today's episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and in fact, it's what I use to distribute this show. It's free. They have tools to edit the podcast from your phone or computer, wherever you are, so it's convenient. You can do it on the go or at home. It doesn't matter. They give you professional tools and distribution to major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more providers so it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place you can download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today that is anchor.fm to get started today or download that free app and get your podcast game going so you can be as professional as i am (laughs) next sponsor is left out apparel and for those of you watching on youtube you may notice this fucking sick shirt that i'm wearing yeah, that's damn. That's a that's a sick shirt, dude. Where do you? What's that for? Hold from? on, wait. Let me give you this. <laughs> oh, that's even that's even more Isn't sick. That fucking sick, dude. I, wow. I got it from Left Out Apparel, and Left Out Apparel, in case you didn't know, is actually based out of Edwardsville, Illinois. So they're in your area, and um, they're hot singles in your area, ready to <laughs> drip you out in some fucking cool tattoo music inspired clothing the only way to really see how dope they are though is to check out their website leftoutapparel.com spelled l-f-t-o-u-t apparel.com and check out the new weather the storm drop it's sick i have one myself nice new soft premium cotton tees that look sick i keep saying sick but god damn they must have covid or something they need to get their vaccine because they are fucking sick dude (laughs) yep Oh my god, this Those shirts are not vaccinated. They are sick. <laughs> they are definitely not vaccinated. Uh, I love that the ad reads are even getting a little off the rails here. This is this is too much fun. Um, you can get free shipping on orders over $75, and you can also use the code I am left out for 10% off your first purchase from leftoutapparel.com. That code is spelled I-A-M-L-F-T-O-U-T. I am left out for 10% off your first purchase at leftoutapparel.com. So go grab yourself some new shit, because you're going to look really damn cool. Left out of And sick. And also sick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, now that that's out of the way, I want to know some more about um, 
I want to know some more about This Is Falling because um, y'all just released new music last year, kind of for the first time. It might have been a little bit before then, but I really started taking notice towards the middle to end of last year. And yeah, we released uh, we released one song right before uh, the reunion show, mm-hmm. just because we. I mean, we were at the point where we were like, do people even like remember like any of the songs that we did or anything back in the day? We should release something new. So we wrote a song real quick, and it turned out to be pretty cool. Which and one was that? And then from there, uh, that was called Apart, which was kind of a funny. This Mikey screams, uh, "This is falling apart." I was gonna say, it, I remember it's that. Kind of about time. a. It's kind. The whole song is about how, like how we broke up yeah. and stuff. We were like, yeah, we should make it about that and stuff. So yeah, that is a pun. This so, is falling We have a lot of punny titles. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then a breakdown. And then. Always oh, gotta have a breakdown. Hell yeah! Yes, but that that was 2019, and then we worked on. Well, it probably would have been out sooner before we took a few months off because uh, of lockdowns and stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, our our uh, it's technically our second EP, but our first new EP since we've reformed, uh, Reprise came out uh, last year. Yeah, shit sounds the, really yeah. good, dude. I I really enjoyed that. Thanks, and, man. Um, Kind of when I was like researching and kind of listening through shit again before talking to you, uh, I played it in the car for a couple of my friends and they're like, oh, what is this? And I was like, oh, funny you ask. This is my next podcast guest that, uh, music. That is a good reaction. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, it's fucking sick, dude. So you got you got the the uh, thumbs up from my two friends that were in the car with me. So okay that is that is literally all the approval that i'll ever need and i'm not being facetious facetious fuck i'm not being hyperbolic i'll use another big word go. uh that that is that's the only reason to do it man if if one person likes it you get one nice comment about like hey i liked that that is that is better than all the gold and i don't know it's great okay well well that that's <laughs> okay. good because I bet I never really said this, but I've always really admired your vocal styles. The, um, the kind of courses that you write, they're always super catchy, get stuck in my head. Um, like right now I have the, Oh, Oh, oh. yeah. From, from <laughs> oh, the whisper. Yeah. Stuck in my head. And, um, look, any chorus with woes, Chef's I mean, kiss. I'm an easy, I'm an easy lay for chorus with woes. I, I love that shit. Yeah. It's probably from growing up, uh, Liking AFI, uh, the Sing the Sorrow album. Yeah. Lots of group singing, lots of woes. Very influential when I was a kid. So. Well, in, in the metalcore space especially, you get all these people that kind of take it overly serious and think it has to be very dramatic and very poetic. But you always kind of had fun with your choruses, even back in Tear Out the Heart. And I'm especially noticing it in This Is Falling just having a lot of fun with the courses, keeping them really catchy and fun and kind of separating the heavy parts of the screams and the, in the verses to having these really fun, bouncy kind of epic choruses. So you do a great job with them, man. And I've always enjoyed your shit. So I want to say that for the Thanks, record. Man. Yeah. Well, my whole like opinion is just like, I feel like any song you're not going to remember it if it's not, if it doesn't, stick in your head so you always have to try to even if it's a screaming part like you should try your damnedest to make it as catchy as possible 
whether it's a line or a pattern or just some thing that you do like if you're not trying to get it stuck in somebody's head like i don't know like yep everything that i I don't know everything that i've listened to i've only connected to music that i like i hear a song once and i'm just instantly i know like that chorus i'm just like god i can't stop thinking about that so that is the goal is to just try to be like even if it's just one little thing it's just like one little thing to stick in somebody's head that is that is the goal so mikey is there to make the heavy shit heavy yeah and then i my job is to make the people that aren't super into the heavy stuff into the band so it's like well i didn't i'm not i'm not a fan of the screamy stuff but i really liked that chorus and stuck in my head then i did then we did our job so i don't know yeah absolutely you've always i'm kind of a person who likes yeah i'm kind of a person who likes everything so yeah I kind of like that our music is just everything. So I, I don't know. That's always, yeah. I'm kind of rambling. No, it's okay. Uh, Cause I was going to say not every bandmate that I've been involved in has had that philosophy. I've been in a band or two where there's members who their goal is to be as technical and showy as possible and to put the catchy fun stuff on the side because we have to prove we're musicians and that's never been my philosophy so that's been a place that i've butted heads with in the past with uh old bandmates so i i get it i i'm in the same philosophy as you so i don't know i'm kind of in this weird middle ground where it's like you should let people know you can play your instruments but at the same time you got to make it there's a sweet spot i don't know yeah, there's a sweet spot where you got you got the riffs. Uh, Brett, our guitarist, is just crushing these solos. Uh, I was gonna say, and I, insane guitarist. I, I can't. I, I cannot. Yeah, I, I I'll record guitar like the rhythm stuff and shit, but yeah, I can't do what he does, and I have no problem with him showing off as much as he wants because he's just fucking killing it. So yeah, and our our new album has like I don't know at least one solo every song just because we're like more of that more of that more of yep. more of the goodness so. that's one thing i noticed at least um just kind of comparing the differences between like tear out the heart and this is falling for me um the the guitars really sing i guess for lack of a better word on the this is falling stuff which obviously they're different bands with different goals with their sound but they're very different tones. Uh, Tear Out the Heart, I always felt like we were trying to be, like, I don't know, dark or serious yeah. or something. And this is falling. We're just we're just having fun. We're just being friends and hanging out and writing music. And there's no arguments about, like, what we're doing. It's just, like, I'll write a song. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. If they like it, we'll use it. And then we'll build from that and, like... I don't know. There's just like, there's not like the weight of, uh, like trying to go for a certain thing anymore. You know, like it's just, there's uh, no pressure on it. Yeah. It's just fun. And it's, no, there's no pressure. It's so freeing. You're just like, Hey, I wrote this stupid song. Hey, cool. I love it. Let's do it. Awesome. And we go for it. We still write about like serious stuff and, but there's just no, there's just no boundaries to like, not saying that like that sounds very pretentious there's no boundaries to our music it's just like no it's just like there's no there's no uh you're not we'll try if there you go 
Thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad you saved me from that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think. They are they are different tones, and especially on this new record that uh, This Is Falling is doing, it's a very different tone. That's what's up, man. Than uh, what we're going for. When is that going to drop, you think? Well, once again, because of COVID, there's just been a lot of... We're shooting for summer. That's the vaguest thing that we can do is just say summer sometime in the summer i'll just i'll just say um our record um it's called wave it's this is falling wave yeah and it is a mixture of metalcore and new wave okay that's where that comes which from. is just yes it, uh me and mikey have always been very giant fans of 80s music and we thought even back in like 2011 we were just trying to think of ways that we could combine them and it just never worked and then i guess because of the pandemic or whatever just we were like let's go for it yeah. like fuck it who cares and i wrote one song and it turned out great and we've written there's 13 songs on this record now and uh yeah they're all kind of there are some straight just heavy bangers on this but there are other ones that are just straight new wave and like there's just the craziest awesome shit uh that we've ever done and i'm super proud of like what we've done so far off air i can send you some stuff okay on air i don't want to release anything sure. yet just because we haven't well uh, well sh straight shot is a song that we that one's going to be on the record but that's not there's some like kind of like 80s horror influences in that well, song. I saw the video. Which is kind so. of like, yes. Well, yeah, the video was just a straight up Friday the 13th type thing. But yeah, that was kind of one of the ones that we were like, okay, I think we can do this. And then we just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And to the point where it's just like, there's some like Van Halen, there's some Tears for Fears, there's some Metallica, there's some... Just any type of shit that like we like, we just we're like, let's all just combine our influences and make this one weird thing. And then if we never do anything again, we can look at it and just be like, that was the one. That was, we did everything we absolutely wanted to on that one. So, I'm super excited for what we're doing with that. Dude, I love that. I can see how excited you are about it too. And that, yeah, I know. I'm smiling. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of, there's a, I don't know. I just can't wait to. See the re I not that we have like tons of fans or anything, but I just want to see what like a regular person who like you just finds it on Facebook is just like what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to see the weird comments of like I liked it until this part. <laughs> like I remember when we released a part, everybody had a positive comment and then one guy said like Oh, it was super brutal until the chick started singing. And I was just like, hey, that's my part. <laughs> also, do you have a problem with do you have a problem with female singers? I, I like Paramore. Like what what? I <laughs> You don't like heart? You don't like Barracuda? Come on, man. I don't know. I just want to see that weird comment that like somebody is just like, what the fuck is this? Cause it's just yeah. Well, dude, I can see just, the I'm, influence already in some of the music that you have made with This Is Falling and, you know, that all of you have come together with. Like, I can already see yeah, this touch of kind of like 80s influence in there. So, like, I'm sure that whatever's coming is going to be 
even more of that, but maybe not to an extreme, but you're really going to just go for it. I'm sure. So. <laughs> you just wait. There's a, there's some extremes, but I feel like eighties is kind of like a, like people are connotate that with cheesy, Yeah. but you, I feel like they don't listen to like tears for fears yeah. or something like that. Or like, uh, like new order or something where it's like that shit was serious or the Smiths mm-hmm. or the cure. Yeah. Or it was like that shit was they were playing it straight they just had synthesizers and shit sure. so i don't know that's that's uh all that music's been a pretty big influence on me in uh uh in my life so i'm i'm happy that we can do that and also still be heavy put your which is on. just yeah. it's just been a really fun experiment like to see like okay we can push it here in one extreme and then like do the most 80s thing here and then just make the craziest heaviest shit on this part or something like i don't know just like there's no there's no uh limits like you're not boxed in to what no because we're just having fun yeah like and i'm so happy that we're at this point in our lives where it's just like we're all working regular jobs. We all have lives and stuff, but there's still that one part where it's just like, we can come here and there's not a point to fight about anything. It's just like, let's have fun. Yeah. Let's have a few beers, you know, let's chill and record something stupid and heavy and Brett do a solo real quick. Mikey scream this fucking badass line and I'll rip this chorus real quick. Let's fucking do this shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. So that's, yeah, that's really awesome to hear. And I think, I think it's going to work because we're kind of in this era of genre bending a little bit. And you see that with, you know, like MGK, Trippy Red, and those guys are like making pop punk. Um, we're seeing yeah. like emo influenced in um, rap now. Yeah. And there's just all these interesting genre bends that are going on right now. And I think especially when it comes to metalcore, it's kind of a genre that's been a little stale. It's kind of done the same thing for the last decade. And you see bands yeah. trying to branch out into kind of different sounds or different ways of doing it. But nobody's really gone all the way outside the box, uh, maybe named for like, I don't know if you've heard of Shrezzers, but they're a Russian metalcore band who has a saxophonist. <laughs> and dude, I- I'll have to link you that after the Maybe show. I have. I heard, maybe it was more of a post-hardcore band with a saxophone. I can't remember, but. Okay, dude. Shrezzers yeah, a, a lot of metalcore. Mind. I feel like a lot of metalcore now has gone into the like, it's almost like new metal. Now. It's in that area. Like it, it, it's like corn or something that I used to listen to back yeah. in the day. It's just kind of like it's gone full circle back to like what it influenced where it's a lot of like just like super heavy with a weird noise or something. And it's like that's tight. There's a lot of awesome bands that do that shit. But that's not like the only thing that you can do with metal. Core. Yeah. Like there's lots of shit that you can do in any genre so i don't know like all my favorite bands like uh i've never been like a super like metalhead or anything i've always just been the guy who could like add some catchy you bring the pop or yeah it's like and don't get me wrong i i've i've loved metal bands and stuff but that was never like the music that I grew up with or anything. So like, I mean like my shit, my dad 
introduced me to like the Beatles and like the Eagles and stuff. That's the stuff that I grew up with. And then my brother got me into Jimmy World and like Anne Berlin and uh, MXPX and AFI and Linkin Park was like the first like thing that I was like, oh, you can scream in music. (laughs) And I still remember like the first uh, record that I heard like double bass on was, uh, do you remember Finch? Uh, Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Okay, their first record had a song with double bass, and I was just like, holy fuck, what is this? So I've always been, like, super, yeah, like, it's the least brutal song ever, but they just used double bass on it. And uh, so I've always been, like, into that type of stuff. I don't even remember what I was going with this, but... uh, We're just talking about genre bins. I just don't... Yeah, there's just not like a limit. It, when when you put a limit on yourself, you're instantly limiting your creativity. And I think when artists say, are realizing when this, you say no. yeah, when you say no, that's just even even in real life. If if you're like at a job or something, and somebody's like, uh, if you ask for a day off and they say no, you're instantly less interested in that job. Yep, because they just shut you down. Mm-hmm. So if someone's like, hey, I should solo here, and you're like, no. Well, okay, you just killed that person's creativity because they clearly had an idea. If you'd be like, okay, let's try it. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. I had an idea for a chorus in this part or something. Or like, a, not a chorus, but like a, a singing part in this part. Okay, let's try it. It did. It worked. Cool. Now the song is 5% better than it was before. <laughs> That's just, I don't know, like limiting yourself saying no having an ego is what kills bands and we're kind of working back to that theme because i feel like that's that's that was kind of the death of tear out the heart right yep. there and that was the death of uh this is falling with me back in the day let every idea happen and if it doesn't happen or if it doesn't work it doesn't that's work the point if of it creating. works yes i'm noticing the more i say yes to things you know whether this is something creative or something for my own self and my life decisions the more i say yes the more possibilities open up and the more good things happen so this year i've really been focusing on saying yes to a lot more things in my life and my life in general is becoming a lot more fruitful and enjoyable just because i'm not going at everything with such a negative here's why I can't or here's why it won't work kind of mindset and just giving yeah. things a chance and seeing how they go there's just a beauty in that simple decision you know what I, I actually yeah I, I can super relate to that because by nature I feel like I'm a very negative person same dude and over this past year just you know like being locked in <laughs> like with uh my fiance and our kid and stuff i just over this time i've just realized like how negative i am and we actually there is a this is following song called my mind and it's like 90 percent me singing but it, it is literally about that where it's just like i just think about everything negative and it's just like the verses are all about like my negativity and the chorus is just about like my me just telling myself you got to get over that basically and yeah it's just it's tough man it's it's tough to be when you are naturally inclined to have like like i don't really want to do that uh it is hard to say yes but you really got to make like every good thing yeah every good thing that's ever happened in my life is just 
from you saying yes. So I, I don't know. I, I completely relate with what you're saying. Man. Yeah, dude. Um, and to be frank with you, it was kind of the reason that I went through a breakup um, with a girl that I really cared about. I um, kind of was in this very closed off state, um, needing to better myself in my life. And every suggestion that she would give me or friends would give me or family would give me, I would always say, and eh, no, I don't know, because this is why I won't work. And then I wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't do anything to better myself. And I just kind of stayed stagnant. Uh, that led to the breakup. That kind of was a little bit of a wake up call to me. Um, aside from just her, just my friends, you know, I listened to everybody involved. It obviously hurts the most from a relationship standpoint, but everyone in my life that was close to me, that cared for me, kind of was telling me this. And I really had to get myself out of that and shake that and just start relentlessly saying yes to everything that I possibly could. And like this podcast, for example, this was a spur of the moment thought that I literally just popped up and I still don't even have banging gear for it. I'm just doing it and seeing where it goes. Dude, I have a computer from 2011. We had to download three podcast apps. Yes. Do not apologize. Yes. Yes. So um, my current job that I'm at was a literal spur of the moment. I woke up and was like, I should apply there. And then I went and got a job that day. Um, I had a coworker bring up the fact like, why don't you consider doing personal training? And I literally went on my lunch break and bought the NASM certification course. And so I'm doing that now. So like, dude, you could help me out. I've gained like 15 <laughs> pounds during this fucking pandemic. I got man. you, bro. Anytime you need tips or anything, like I know what I'm doing aside from the cert, I am getting the cert too. So whether it's creativity or just your own life choices, don't be so negative. Don't be so closed off to other people's ideas. Be more of an open-minded person and really your life becomes better and your creative endeavors also become much more fruitful. 100% co-sign that that is the healthiest thing you can do is to not say no to uh, whatever life throws at you, man. Yeah, facts. And I guess that kind of covers, I was going to say, on my little show document, I, I send all my guests a document with potential questions I might ask, but that kind of covered two of my questions that I was going to ask here towards the end. Um, I was going to ask, you know, what are a few lessons you learned the hard way and maybe your biggest piece of advice for up and coming um, artists or musicians. And that kind of plays into both of those questions. I don't know if you have any more to say yeah. on that, but... Just keep making content. I mean, we're, we live in the age where anything can blow up. You never know who's watching. Stay open, stay friends. It's just music. Even if you're trying to get signed, it's literally just music. And the best stuff comes out when everybody's happy. Yep. Uh, maybe not if you're the Beatles, because that's <laughs> a different example. Yeah. Or, or Van Halen, or uh, anything like that. But as far as if they're your best friends, Nothing is better than uh, nothing is better than when everybody's happy. So, big big facts, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just have some like really like pretty serious questions to end this off with. Uh, if you're okay with me asking a couple of serious questions. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Don't sound so scared. All right. Oh, I'm so scared. First one. 
I ask some of these questions. I ask all my guests. Some of them are unique, but I always like to ask: Does pineapple belong on pizza? Um, I can't say I'm a fan of it, but if you're a fan of it, that is completely fine. That is my opinion. And you know, I used to really like pineapple and ham. I'll say that because my that mom works. made that. Pizza, I'm not. I'm. I, I can't say I'm a fan of. But like I said, if that's your thing. That's your thing. I'm not gonna hate. I like that. You know, no hate there. I think. I think in the right circumstances it can go, but depends. So, if it's like Canadian bacon or something, I feel that goes back to my ham thing. Yeah, what the fuck? that's the that's the vibe, man. I guess that's the combo that for is me. The combo. I don't know. All right, how about this one? Toilet paper over or under? Let's see. Under. Really? No, over. What the fuck? I'm drunk. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's definitely the other one. I was gonna say the only person who said <laughs> No fuck The no. only person who said under God was uh, Johnny, the guy who owns left out apparel, and he said it was a leverage oh, no. thing where you could put one hand there and rip. No, it's one. definitely over. Dude, yeah, I couldn't imagine the other way. I kinda I even acted it out. I was looking at myself in the thing. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the way. And then I was like, what oh, am I God. doing? I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, I've always been an over guy too. I kind of get what he's saying, but like, I'm always gonna be team over. Look, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I just there's a lot of uh, obstacles in the way there. I feel like, but I, uh, I agree. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Um, tell me, what is your most embarrassing guilty pleasure song? Well, I listen to the Top Gun soundtrack a lot, but that's kind of sick. Though. I feel like that's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, see, that's kind of sick. Uh, sk- the song Scatman. Oh, dude! The, I'm the Scatman. <laughs> My friends yeah. hate me because I put that shit on dope, all though. the time. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, I listen to a lot of movie soundtracks. Uh, I was just listening to the Justice League one because it's awesome. So I don't know if that's embarrassing because that shit's awesome. So I, I will say uh, my definitive answer is the song Playing With The Boys by Kenny Loggins. Look it up. (laughs) It's amazing. I'll take that. It's on the Top Gun soundtrack, but it it is a, it is a, it's kind of embarrassing. Fair enough, dude. But it's, it's catchy as shit, so. Hey, you like what you like. And, um, that that kind of, um, reminded me of a question I kind of forgot to ask, because, um, you, I know, I've always known you to be kind of a movie guy. Like you said, you you work with the the movies, and um, you've always been like you've got Star Wars posters in your background. It's obviously a big part of your life. Yeah. I saw you kind of directed and edited the uh, Straight Shot video. Uh, that's, yeah, that seemed like you had a lot of fun doing that. It, it came out to be like a pretty cool finished product. Yeah, so originally uh, Mikey's buddy Kyle, who um, I think he went to film school or something, uh, he was going to direct it, and we did one night, and we didn't get too terribly far, and like the scheduling couldn't work, and I was just like, well, I could do it. Like, fuck it, we can do it. And we knocked it out all in a night, and uh, I don't know, when I was a kid, that's that was what I wanted to do, was be a movie director, just because I used to watch all the I would tape back when you had a VCR, I'd tape behind the scenes specials on all these movies and stuff. And 
Uh, I would make uh, stop motion videos with my action figures and like narrate them. And in high school, anytime there was a film project, even if I wasn't in the class, I would volunteer to help my friends be like, dude, I'll film it for you and I'll edit it for you. I didn't even care. And then I guess music just kind of took over like my senior high school. And that was just kind of like, well, I love this too. And I just kind of forgot about that. So when that was presented with like, oh, we could literally just shoot it on our iPhones and we could edit it and it doesn't matter because it's supposed to look like a fucking shitty horror movie from like the late 70s or something anyway so just throw some grain on there and it'll be cool and it turned out it turned out pretty (laughs) pretty fucking good we got some gels on the lights and uh uh our friend adam stockman uh was our was our killer and uh from the band hard graves who is heavy as shit uh, I'll plug Shout them. I'm, I, I'm actually supposed to do a, another video with them, but just actual jobs is it's it's a lot of work, man, yes. to find the time. So, uh, but yeah, that that really scratched an itch with me. Where I think we're gonna do another one. Uh, there's like two or three uh, video directors that we're gonna work with for this next record, probably. Um, that we're thinking about right now but then there's one song that is we did like a stupid concept for that we were like yeah we could do this ourselves and have another fun night tell me about your funniest tour moment well I, I, I wouldn't say it's like the funniest but our tour manager Dan there was one night that was kind of real special when we were I think we were in Florida and uh I don't know for whatever reason every band on the tour like uh this is the apocalypse micro reload i love both those bands by the uh, way the browning all those bands yeah. actually i i love yeah uh we got real close with micro relocate they were like our tour bros like i was gonna time. say michael swink um, came into the restaurant that i was working at a couple of different times and i got to talk to him about micah and that was really cool great dude. yeah he's super cool love that dude yeah but I don't know. I guess we were just all in this great mood, and uh, our like uh, tour manager uh, Dan Ferrari, he did like a like a backflip off this. I don't even fucking remember what it was, but it was super high up, and we were all in this parking lot, and just everybody. He landed it. He did like a backflip off this super high thing, and we were just all. I don't know. We were just all in the best mood, and it's not really like a funny just story. A good it's just a memory, like one that. Yeah, I could tell you a funny story now that I remember. Lay it on me, bro. So we were in a, uh, I think, fuck, where was weed legal? Because <laughs> that has to do with it. Uh, I guess it was Denver. It was it Colorado? They were one of the first ones. We went to, we went to a dispensary, and. Uh, Tyler, I kind of smoked weed a little bit. Josh and uh, Matt Epstein smoked weed. And uh, Murph did a little bit, but Tyler never smoked. And I ate like a gummy that we got from a dispensary before we played a show. And I'm pretty sure Tyler smoked. Before a show. And we all got, yeah. And we all got super high. And Tyler was, yelling at the wall (laughs) of this venue this venue was like a floor like it wasn't like an actual stage it was like this tiny ass stage and there were like there were like 50 to 100 kids in there and i just remember at one point 
I was just like, uh, like head banging and everything was kind of slow. And I just looked over and Tyler's just like, <laughs> like into like a wall. And I was like, oh my God. And then later that, like we drove out of there after the show. Is that the Hypernova tour? We were on kind of like, yeah, that was that tour. And we, we, uh, kind of, we parked at like a rest stop cause none of us wanted to drive cause we were all yeah. fucked up and we just got more fucked up. Don't drive when you're fucked Don't up, do kids. Uh, it's very, very stupid. Yeah. And, like, we parked on this, like, it was like a cliffside, like, rest stop. And I just remember being, like, high out of my mind and just, like, we were on a slight tilt and I was convinced we were going to fall <laughs> over the edge. So, like, people kept just fucking with me the whole night. And I was, like, literally having a panic attack, like, the entire time. And I remember, like, getting out of the van and just, like, trying to, like, crawl up towards, <laughs> like, the start because I was like, I got to get us out of here. So that was probably the stupidest thing that I can remember Sick, on tour. That's, I mean, that yeah. sounds like a blur really of dumb. a night, though. Like, Yeah, it's just I remember images and flashes. Josh was telling me something about some serial killer that wore a pig mask when I was high, and I was like, shut the fuck up, man. It's <laughs> just like we're already on a slight incline. I can't do this. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that that night is kind of a blur is kind of a part of the fun of the memory, though, I'm sure, so. Yeah. That's what's up, dude. Yeah. I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of fun. So that's what I like to focus on now. Like, because it's so easy to get focused on, like, the negative shit in that band. But it's just, like, I had fun with my friends at that point. Like, we were just making music and stuff. So it was, I don't well, know. It's nice to think about those things. So thank you for that question. That was also nice. Because that just, that just popped into my head. That's what's so, up, man. I, did, I, I literally didn't even think about that. So... Yeah, no problem. You left a lot of, like I said, good music, music videos, memories. You made a lot of friends, um, you know, in other bands and people that you met at shows, I'm sure. So, like, yeah, there's so much to be thankful for with all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of riffing off that, um, what's the weirdest fan interaction that you or someone in, in any band you've been in has has been? Like, what is the weirdest fan interaction you've ever encountered? The crazy, okay, here's a crazy thing. It's not a fan interaction, but there is a, I wrote a song called Incomplete, which is a really personal, like, deep song about losing people. And that's on the second, this is, uh, not this falling, uh, Tear Out the Heart record. And just one day, I don't know, it was like a year ago, I was just like, I haven't heard that song in a while. Uh, I'm going to look it up. And I looked it up, and one of the comments on this video on YouTube was this song got me through prison. Oh, and I was just like, what the damn, fuck? <laughs> I was dude. like, holy shit. I mean, I'm very happy that that helped you through prison. That was not the intention wow. of this song, but that's an, uh, that's an amazing thing. I was just like, fuck that was, that took me aback quite a bit. So I, d I never interacted with that person, but that might be the weirdest yeah, thing that I've ever heard about something I had to do with. Well, damn. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, like just reaching one person feels good. And like my whole goal with this podcast, like, you know, it's, it's all very new to me. I'm not looking at numbers right now. My goal is to just really talk with people that I've looked up to that I know are doing cool things and that have done cool things and kind of pick their brain and just get to know them a little better and have a conversation. And if it does touch, you know, someone's life or give them a little tidbit of information that they they're going to use to change their life, that's cool. So 
That's all my goal is. Can I say that you're just like you don't seem like you're new at this. Like you're very well spoken. You're you seem like you're killing it. Dude, so you. yeah, I just uh, you're you're doing a great job, dude. There. I appreciate that. I've uh, I've been online for a little bit and like. I had like a Pokemon YouTube channel for a little bit. And so I just talked to the camera for like 30 straight minutes. I heard that on another yeah. episode. I actually, I listened to a few episodes beforehand. Just be like, let's, let's see what this is I'm all honored. about. And I, re I remember you saying that. I'm yeah. honored, dude. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've had a little experience talking to the camera. So it's, it's, you know, a little bit of a different format, but it's something that I'm a little used to. So, but either way, I appreciate the compliment. That means a lot, dude. Just you're, you're really good at it. Don't give it up. Hell yeah, don't dude. stick with it, man. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, just don't tell them about like the two times I had to restart the beginning of the episode. Okay. What two times? Exactly. Tell me, uh, what actor would play you in a movie about your life? Paul Rudd. You know what? I, because he, see that. he looks, uh, 31 always. So I don't know. Uh, I think Chris Evans could play you in a movie. I'll oh, say really? that. Dang, oh, fuck yeah. I'm but, on uh, I don't know. Steve Carell. <laughs> Just think of goofy people. Dude, that's what's up. Steve Carell is a boss. Jesse Literally. Eisenberg, somebody who's super awkward. I don't know. I can see that too. Like if you marry all three of those guys, it's, yeah, that's a good combo. Tell me about a secret skill that you have that not many people know you have. I'm really good at painting action figures. Yeah, I saw your show. <laughs> I've been customized. That happened over the pandemic. I was like, oh, I'm so depressed. Uh, I'm just going to get real into this, I guess. So <laughs> uh, I started doing that stuff and because I've always been painting and I'd, uh, I still collect shit. So uh, uh, specifically Star Wars action figures, just because I'm a giant Star Wars nerd. Uh, so I just started... Uh, like I'd be like, this doesn't look quite right. I think I could fix this, and then it just it ballooned from there. Now I'm just doing full customs. I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I need some help. I'm with you. I so. think that's a that's a pretty cool thing to do, actually. And I guess <laughs> I mean for me, like I I collect like Nintendo stuff and like GameCube stuff, and I like building customs and taking Dude, them. Dude, GameCube. Apart. Can we just talk about how awesome GameCube was? GameCube's money. Like I don't think there's been a like I have a PlayStation Four. I'll probably get a PlayStation 5. Yeah. I think GameCube was the last amazing system. Honestly, I mean, like, Switch is super dope, but, like, yeah, like, GameCube is It's just... cool. I, I really liked the 360, that, the Xbox 360 afterwards. But I was a Dreamcast kid. That's oh how God. weird I was back in the day. Ooh, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, man. Shenmue, get the fuck out of here. Dude. Soul Calibur 1? All right. But, uh, yeah, and then afterwards, it was like GameCube, man. Mm -hmm. Rogue Squadron, Metroid, come on. Don't look come those prices on. up on eBay because they're absolutely absurd right now. I know. I sold my GameCube and all my games before a tour because I was just like, I need extra spending money, and I regret it so bad. Been there. I sold all my childhood so good. shit, too, and I absolutely hate myself for it. Yeah, I guess uh, we, we kind of been talking for a while, so we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. So, um, all right. I just want to ask you uh, one more time, where can people find you or this is falling online? Where where should people look? Uh, most things are under this is falling band. 
whether that's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. Uh, for my art stuff, it's uh, Isaac Edder Art and Design, uh, just on Facebook right now. Because I was going to start doing a lot more of that stuff before the pandemic. And then I've, I've done a few odd jobs here and there, but not too terribly much. But as far as... Uh, the main thing is the this is falling. Just it's just this is falling band on anything. And then we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music, uh, anywhere, Bandcamp, anywhere you can listen to music, we're there. That's what's up, man. And is there anything else that you want to let the people know before we go? Uh, just want to thank uh, my uh, fiance Ashley. Uh, for being the best mom to our son and being the best person I've ever met. And all my bandmates, uh, Mikey, Brett, TJ, Sean, the best dudes in the world. We're going to make something super cool. And to you, because this has been a really awesome, fun experience. And my parents and my brother, I love them too. I can't forget them. So, uh, awesome. yeah, this has been a, this has been really fun, man. Yeah, like I said at the at the beginning of the episode, I think it was it's cool that we've had a chance to like kind of really get to know each other and um, talk after kind of years of just following each other on Instagram or whatever. And um, to yeah, I've, I've yeah I've always seen you like shit and stuff, and I'm just like, hey, that's tight. And then uh, I, I know you always liked uh, tear out the heart stuff, and yeah, I guess we never really talked before, but I'm really happy that we got a chance to talk now, man. I was going to say, like, I, that was kind of part of why, like, I had always followed you is I felt like we would actually be good friends, um, just like having similar interests and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that it was it was just cool getting to kind of talk to you, pick your brain and get to know you. So uh, I feel I feel there's a budding friendship here. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we can do this again sometime. If we ever uh, get our album done, we can uh, yeah. maybe we can come on here. Maybe we can get some of the other guys to. I was going to say, I'd love and, to talk to the yeah. other guys too, potentially. And uh, I plan on doing follow-ups with a lot of my guests. So um, definitely something we can look forward to in the future. So That would that would be awesome. Hell yeah, dude. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on. And I just want to thank you all for listening and watching if you're on YouTube. Uh, tune in next Sunday for another episode of the Never Dead Podcast. And until then, may your lives be purposeful and your dreams be never dead. We'll see you next Sunday. Peace.